Amen. Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 21, it says, Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come. Take up the cross and follow me. And he was sad at that saying and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. I'm just going to preach about Jesus again, if that's okay. Amen. Would you pray with me, Lord Jesus? I love you. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for the wonderful presence of God that I feel flowing in this house right now. I'm asking God that. Before this service is over tonight, you let each and every one of us, Lord, come to the place that that song was talking about, Lord, where we give ourselves away, where we lay our lives on an altar and we surrender everything to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Would you say amen? Amen. You may be seated. What a dramatic change. This was one of those stories that they would be telling to the grandkids Long after they were old and feeble, it had been a time of terrible lows and tremendous highs. It was their worst of nights, but then it was their best of days. It started out like any other day. Their work day started when the sun went down. They were commercial fishermen, and that evening they had launched their boats on Lake Genesaret. And as the brilliant sun faded over the horizon and gave way to a beautiful evening, the air was crisp and cool. The weather was perfect. And as the first silvery moonlight began to dance across the still waters, they were smiling and laughing among themselves at the prospect of a good night of fishing. Tomorrow would be a good day. Tomorrow would be payday. And tonight's catch would be enough to make for a profitable month. The rest of the month would be easy. Everything they caught for the rest of the month would be extra. One good catch on this night would leave them and their families in good shape. But as it turns out, one good catch was much harder to come by than they ever imagined. As a matter of fact, not even one lone fish would be snared in their nets. They toiled hard all night long with their two boats working in tandem. The four fishermen tried every trick in the book, and believe me, they knew some tricks. They were raised on those waters. Their daddies had been fishermen on their waters. Their granddaddies before them had plied those waters with the same trade. And they knew all the right things to do. They knew all the right places to go. They knew all the right tricks to try. And on a difficult night to find fish, they were the ones that were going to find fish. But there had never been a night like this night. Nothing worked for them. Everything came up short. It was easily their worst night ever. It was one of those nights where you really begin to think about giving up. Not just giving up on the night, but giving up on fishing altogether. 
One of those nights where you wear your fingers to the bone, where the muscles in your back and shoulders ache from long, unproductive hours of working the nets. Those are the nights when you begin to think there must be an easier way. There must be a better way to make a living. There must be an easier way to get by. There have to be professions that require much less and yield much more. Long after the prime hours had passed, as they were still trolling the deep waters looking for their first catch of the night, they began to talk among themselves about selling the boats, about selling it all, about moving on to a more reasonable, more stable line of work. It wasn't often that they talked like this. After all, they were fishermen who came from a long line of fishermen. But sometimes you've just had enough. Sometimes the endless cycle of mundane moments wears you down. Sometimes you're ready for change. And there is no doubt that this was one of those times. As those four fishermen pulled their boats onto the shore of the lake in the early morning light of a brand new day, they were undoubtedly at their low point. Perhaps they were at the lowest point that they'd ever reached in all of the years of fishing together. The sheer exhaustion was compounded by the fact that after having labored all night long without catching not even a single fish, Their work was not finished. The tedious work of washing the nets still had to be done. Nobody likes washing nets. Washing nets was mind-numbingly boring. It was a terrible task to have to do. It seemed to drag on forever and ever. And after a long, unproductive night, all you really wanted to do was go find a place to rest, go find a meal to eat, go find a place to unwind. And washing the nets only enhanced their foul moods. And it, it, it only increased their desire to throw in the towel, to sell the whole business to go live easy, satisfied lives with their families doing something that required much less of them and paid off much more than this. It was right there. On their worst day ever, at their lowest possible point, when they were as ready as they ever would be to forever give up on fishing, That's when Jesus walked into their lives. By this time, he had gained a reputation as a preacher and a teacher of the word. And crowds followed him everywhere he went. And today, a great crowd had come out of Capernaum. And they were pressing the teacher on all sides. And there was nowhere for him to stand and nowhere for him to go. And no way really to address the crowd. So finally, Jesus stepped into one of their boats the boat that Peter and Andrew fished from, and said, can we cast off a little ways from the shore? And the Bible said he sat down and began to teach the crowd. Now Peter, Andrew, James, and John, they were religious men. 
And they were aware of this Jesus. Perhaps they were even a little interested themselves in what he had to say. So they welcomed the break from the tedious task. And they turned their humble fishing vessel into a platform from which Jesus would teach the crowds. They had no idea that everything in their lives was about to change. What happened next was the kind of stuff that fishing legends are made from. When Jesus was finished teaching the crowds, he asked Peter to launch out into the deep and to let down his nets for a great catch. Now, Peter was normally a pretty respectful guy, but perhaps because he was so weary, perhaps because he had fished all night long, perhaps because they had not caught a single thing in their entire night's labor, Peter objected. In frustration, he said to Jesus, we've toiled all night long and we've caught nothing. But something about this Jesus, perhaps it was the twinkle in his eyes, perhaps it was the authority in his voice, something compelled Peter to say, nevertheless, if you insist, I'll let down the nets. And as James and John looked on from the other boat, Peter and Andrew gathered their nets for one last weary throw. And Peter and Andrew cast the net deep into the water and let it fall down and cascade through the lake as they'd done so many times before. When it reached its zenith, when it reached the final depth of its fall, they pulled together to haul the empty nets back into the boat. That's when the impossible happened. You see, this time the nets were not empty. This time there was an unfamiliar weight in the nets, even more weight than there should have been for a successful cast. At first they were confused. They, they first thought that maybe the nets were hung up on something deep within the water. But then the strangest thing began to happen. As they hauled the nets up together, fish began to break the surface of the water. And they began to realize there were so many fish that their nets were overflowing. And in a moment, it all changed. In a brief span of time, their emotions swung from their lowest low that they had ever encountered in all their years of fishing to the highest high that they had ever discovered. All of a sudden, after fishing all night long without catching a single thing, their nets were filled with more fish than they could contain. And as the nets began to break, Peter and Andrew frantically called to James and John to come and help. But the catch was too much for their two boats together. They could not contain it. And desperately they began to head for shore, hoping against hope that their boats would not be capsized by the tremendous amount of fish that they had caught. What a dramatic change. They were propelled from utter defeat to absolute victory in just a few short moments. Their worst night became their best day. Then the unthinkable happened. Jesus, in that moment of triumph, 
in that moment where it had finally all come together, Jesus asked these humble fishermen to leave it all behind and come follow him. I want you to understand tonight the significance of what transpired that day. It was no accident that Jesus showed up where Peter and Andrew and James and John were fishing. He didn't just come there so that he could teach the multitude from the mobile platform of a fishing vessel. He came to that place that day specifically to call his future disciples to come and follow him. He was there just for those four men. He was there to ask them to abandon everything that they had, to leave everything behind, and to walk away from their whole lives just to follow him. And When he found them, he found them after their worst night of fishing ever. They were ripe for the picking. If there was ever going to be a moment when they were willing to abandon everything and follow Jesus. This was that moment. This was likely the only time there would never be a day like this day. There would never be another moment in their lives when they were as ready to quit, as ready to pack it all in as they were that day. But when Jesus had them right, where you would think that he wanted them. Listen, he didn't call them. When they were ready to quit, he wasn't ready to ask them to quit. When the choice was easy, when the cost was low, when it would have been the easiest decision that they ever made, he did not give voice to the call. Instead, he said, boys, let's go fishing. And he dragged those reluctant, reluctant fishermen back out into the water and compelled them, almost against their own will, to give it one more shot. And he turned their worst night ever into their best day ever. He led them into the most successful fishing trip of their entire lives. And then, when it would have been hardest to walk away, when they would have been more excited than they had ever been about fishing, when, they, when the cost would have been greater than it had ever been before, that's when Jesus called them. Leave it all behind and come follow me. I want you to understand tonight it was a costly call. It was not an easy choice. It could have been easy. It, Jesus could have taken advantage of the low point that they were at. He could have given them an easy choice. But instead, Jesus made sure that they knew what they would be leaving behind. Jesus made sure that they felt the cost of forsaking everything and following him.
he made a point of not calling them at their low point. He did not call them when it was not a sacrifice. He called them on their best day ever, after their best fishing trip ever, when they went from zeros to heroes, when everybody was standing on the shore waiting to see the tremendous catch that they had hauled in, when they were the celebrities of the hour, that's when he said, leave it all and come follow me. I took my text tonight from the rich young ruler. When the rich young ruler got fed up with the hypocrisy of the Pharisees, with the hollow, empty, religious life that he was living, he sought Jesus out. And he asked Jesus an honest and sincere question. He wanted to know, how do I genuinely answer the call of God for my life? He was not prepared for the answer. We often portray that young man as some kind of hypocrite, as someone who was less than serious about answering the call, but that's not how Mark portrayed him at all. After hearing the profession that this young man had faithfully kept the whole law his whole life, Mark makes note of the fact that Jesus looked on the young man with compassion. He said Jesus, looking at him, loved him. Jesus didn't love hypocrites. He didn't, he didn't think of them in that kind of, this word that was used was the word agape. It was that godly love. It was that deep love. It was the strongest love that could be expressed in Scripture. And when Jesus looked at that young man, he looked at him with eyes that could see to the heart. He looked at him with eyes that could see past the charades, that could see the real man, that could see who he really was. And Jesus, the Scripture said, loved him. And it was because Jesus loved him that he called him to forsake everything and come follow him. It was love that compelled Jesus to call the rich young ruler to fully and completely surrender everything and come follow him. Go, he said, sell all that you have, give it to the poor. He said, because if you follow me, your treasures will not be in earthly things, but it will be in heavenly things. If you follow me, he said, the riches in your life are not going to be the riches of this world. They're going to be the riches of heavenly blessings. Come, he said, take up your cross and follow me. Dietrich Bonhoeffer once said that when Jesus calls a man, he calls him to come and die. He calls men and women to give up everything in their lives, to give up all of their plans, all of their hopes, all of their dreams. He calls people to lay their entire lives on an altar and surrender everything that they have to Jesus. The call of Jesus is always the same. It's always the call, take up your cross and follow me. Everyone who follows him must follow him to the cross. 
Everyone who follows him will follow him not just to his cross, but to your cross. Uh, He said, take up your cross cross uh, and follow me. Make no mistake about it tonight. The cross is going to cost you everything. Uh, The cross is going to be an expensive price to pay. The cross requires complete and total, absolute surrender to Jesus. There is no such thing as a bargain basement disciple. God doesn't run blue light specials on his calling. It'll cost you everything to follow Jesus. But the cost will never compare to the benefits. Lay down your earthly treasures, Jesus said, and you'll be blessed with heavenly treasures. Lay down the security of this life, uh, and you'll discover the provision of heaven. Uh, Lay down the things that you lean on, uh, and you'll discover that everlasting arm that will sustain you. Lay down the things that you trust in, uh, the things that make sense to you, uh, the things that you've counted on your whole life. Uh, Lay down your earthly things, uh, and you will discover heavenly blessings in your life. If you walk by sight, my friend, that's all you'll ever have. Uh, The things that you can see, uh, that's all you'll ever understand uh, is the things that you can touch. Uh, But if you walk by faith, uh, the unseen, uh, intangible benefits of heaven uh, are loosed in your life. Uh, Following Jesus uh, will cost you. Uh, It takes a price, uh, but the cost will never equal the reward. Mark describes the rich young ruler's reaction to the real cost of following Jesus. He uses a particularly descriptive Greek word that means to be shocked or appalled. Remember, he came to Jesus. He sought Jesus out. He was looking for real religion. He was looking for true religion. He wanted to know what it means to have a real, genuine experience with God. He was hungry to answer God's call. But he never imagined just how much that it would cost him. He never imagined the real sacrifice that was required. He was shocked at the price tag of following Jesus Christ. There is a lesson to be learned tonight. I believe with all of my being that Jesus is calling this church to a place of revival. I believe that he is calling us into a season of harvest and growth. But we must understand tonight that it is never easy to answer God's call. Uh, It's never easy to respond to the call of God. It's never going to be an easy choice. Uh, If revival was easy, everyone would be having it. Uh, If revival came cheap, uh, everybody would pay the price. Uh, But revival comes uh, at a high cost. Uh, Following Jesus will never be easy. When Paul stood before Felix in the 24th chapter of Acts, he preached him under the conviction of the Holy Ghost. 
But when the moment came for Felix to make his choice, when the moment arrived for Felix to answer the call, he implored the apostle Paul saying, go away for now. I'll call for you when I find a more convenient season. I come to this pulpit to tell you there will never be a convenient season to follow Jesus. There will never be an easy way to answer his call. Uh, what he requires of you, what he calls you to do, will never come easy to your flesh. Uh, if you're going to wait for the opportune moment uh, to have revival, I can tell you for a fact, my friend, it's never going to happen. Uh, if we're going to wait for the right season, uh, if we're going to wait for the right time, uh, if we're going to wait till there's enough money, uh, if we're going to wait till there are enough resources, uh, if we're going to wait till the schedule is open enough, we will never see the move of God that God wants to give to us. If you're going to wait for a more appropriate time to surrender your life to Jesus, I, I can tell you on the authority of the Word of God, you'll never find a better time. Uh, you'll never find a more appropriate time. You're never going to find a, a season that is better and more convenient for you. You will never, ever answer the call of God until you finally come to the place where you're willing to abandon everything and follow Him. You'll never be what God has called you to be until you come to the place uh, that you're willing to lay it all down until you decide that no matter what the price, uh, no matter what the cost, uh, no matter what it requires of me, I will surrender all. Because when Jesus calls a man, he calls him to take up the cross and follow Jesus and Peter would have another encounter on those same waters years later. After the cross, after Peter had denied the Lord, when Peter was once again at an emotional low point in his life, when he was feeling rejected and dejected and, and ready to throw everything away and just go back to being a fisherman. Jesus showed up again at the lake uh, and Jesus spoke again after a long night of toiling and fishing and not catching a single fish. Uh, Jesus said, cast your nets uh, on the other side. Uh, and when they grabbed those nets uh, and the weight of the fish began to be there and they began to recognize something special had happened, Jesus our Peter understood that it was Jesus standing on the shore. The Bible said he didn't wait for them to row the boats in. He didn't wait for them to turn around. He didn't wait for them to get the fish out of the water. He jumped into the lake and he swam to where Jesus was. And it was there, standing on the shore of that lake, where the Lord would look Peter in the eyes. And this is what he asked. Do you love me? More than this. Do you love me more than this? Peter, are you still willing to abandon everything 
and answer the call? Are you still willing to pay the price? I can tell you why. Jesus went fishing with his disciples before he called them. Because it's a question that has to be answered. Do you love this more than you love him? Is there anything that you will not surrender? Is there anything that you will not give up? Is there anything that will hinder you from following him? Because he will not be second place to anything. I want you to know tonight that Jesus is still calling. I know that it's not a convenient season for you. I know that it'll take some sacrifices on your part. I know that it's not an easy decision, but that's the point. That's why the nets were filled to overflowing with fish. Jesus wants to know, do you love the things that you already have more than the thing that he's calling you to? Are you so satisfied with where we are that you're no longer hungry to go where he's calling us to go? Would you stand with me? Do you love this more than you love him? Tonight, I come to tell somebody under the sound of my voice, Jesus is calling you. And he's never going to make it an easy choice he's calling you to make the hard decision he's calling you to lay your life on an altar he's calling you to surrender yourself to him the question whatever it is do you love this more than you love him is there anything that you're not willing to let go of in order to follow Jesus. For some, heaven is hanging in the balance tonight, waiting to hear the answer to that question. For this church, revival is hanging in the balance. God is saying, just how hungry are you? Just how desperate are you? Do you really want to see a move of God? Do you really want to see God do what only He can do? Are you just playing games? Are you just going through the motions? Do you like your comfortable place more than the place that He's calling us to? Tonight, the question has to be answered. How much are you willing to pay? Will you lay it all on an altar? Will you surrender it all to Jesus? Will you give it all up? Are you willing to, as the song said, give your life away? In this place right now, Jesus is calling. Just as surely... As he stepped onto Peter's boat that day, he stepped into this house this evening. And there's somebody on the sound of my voice right now, you feel, you hear his call and you feel the cost. You know the things he's asking you to give up. 
You understand the value of the things he's asking you to lay down. This is the words that he said to the rich young ruler. What you're going to gain is far greater than what you're going to give up. Will you pay the price? Will you take up your cross? Will you come follow Jesus? These altars are open right now. I'm asking that the church of the living God would come and fall across an altar. Come and find a place of prayer and say, Lord, I'm willing to pay the price for revival. I'm willing to pay the price to see a move of God. I'm willing to pay the price to see my family saved. I'm willing to pay the price to see the power of God poured out on this city. I'm willing to pay the price to see you, God, do what only you can do. I'm asking you, would you come and surrender your life to him? Would you come and kneel in his presence and tell him, Lord, yes, I'll walk away from all of it. I'll leave it all behind. I give my life to you, Jesus.